Devin White takes to Instagram again, but we tell you why this time it may just be a good thing. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you always get the latest episodes when they drop. And of course, you can now find Locked On Bucks on the Sirius XM app. I am James Jarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. Joined by Mr. Evan Klosky here on a WTSP Wednesday. Of course, you can find everything that he's doing on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10tampabay.com. And follow everything on Twitter at Locked on Buck. <laughs> I, was pointing to the, I was pointing to the WTSP, but now, <laughs> now we can do this. Yeah. Uh, at Locked on Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at E. Klosky, WTSP. Thank you again. We're making Locked On Bucks your first listener view of the day, especially you everydayers who know that every Wednesday, Evan Klosky brings the heat. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Locked On today to get 10% off your first month. The national media hates the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to talk about that coming up in just a little bit. But we are going to start today off with Devin White, who once again took to Instagram to make some cryptic posts, I guess you could call them. Though yep. this time, I, I get a different feeling than the first set of cryptic posts that he put up. But on Instagram, Devin White posted... A little, a little screenshot meme, just written word kind of, you know, inspirational quote, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Quite the it, description here. Yeah, it comes from Positive Vibes Quotes. He shared it to his Instagram story, and it says, My story is simple. I fell. I got back up. I learned from my experience, and now I'm coming back for everything they said I wouldn't have. Now... Just a few days ago, uh, co-defensive coordinator Larry Foote basically called out Devin White and said that th these are champagne problems. Champagne problems. Champagne problems. I, on the other hand, as my dad would say, have champagne taste on a beer budget, but that's a completely different discussion. But Evan, we're going to start with you. What is the sense that you get around Devin White's post? I think pretty much what everybody else has been surmising. I mean, first, let's talk about Devin White as the human that we've, we've come to know in the past four years here in, in Tampa. And we know that he's a little bit more of an emotional guy. Uh, and first off, let me apologize for my voice. Cabo took it. He'll be back in a couple of days. So, um, you know, you're going to have to deal with this for a little bit. But he kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. I think that's part of his game too. It's what makes him so good. And I think he's a guy that's pretty 
vocal in the moment. I think he, you know, if it's if it's bubbling up, he he projects it out there. So he's he's transparent in that regard, even though his messages are cryptic and we can't really tell. But I'm sure with Devin, it could be something that's like, hey, this is a quote that I was feeling that day, but it's tough not to correlate that with what is happening with the team. He knows what happened the last handful of times he posted something like this to Instagram. Everyone ran with it. So he knew exactly what was going to come when he threw that up there. And the quote is pretty much perfectly aligned to what we think the situation is uh, with the Buccaneers. So I am of the impression that Devin is going to come back. Now, I mean, the rumors are that he's going to come back for workouts. I would be surprised. Personally, I'd be surprised about that. I mean, that would be a pretty quick about face. But overall, I mean, we've all kind of been in agreement that we don't really know the leverage that Devin White has. If it was going to come and he was going to get a trade, we figured it would be before the draft and it would have to be something around a second rounder to convince the Buccaneers that, you know, okay, let's let him walk. But Jason Light, Todd Bowles, they have reiterated time and time again, they do not plan to trade him. They plan for him to be on the team. And with a deal coming up in free agency, uh, a number that he wants to hit 100 million on, it would behoove him to go on the field, kick some ass, and then shove it in Tampa Bay's face when somebody offers him the bag. We are unsure if Tampa Bay would be the ones to do that. But if they have a phenomenal season and Devin White does as well, and Todd Bowles is still calling him, you know, somebody who makes tackles that we haven't seen since Brian Erlacher, then maybe it's a worthwhile investment. But we can kind of get to that point later down the road. I think all signs are pointing towards Devin maybe at worst being a holdout entering camp, like that, that right before the beginning of camp. Uh, I'd say maybe even a worst case scenario would be a week into camp. But um, beyond that, it looks like he's going to be back, which the Buccaneers absolutely need because they are thin at linebacker, very thin. Yeah, I mean, this this obviously hasn't reached the level of holdout yet, right? There's nothing that he could hold out of as of right now. So we'll we'll see how this continues to progress. But kind of the impression that I got was, okay, I'm I'm in. You know, whether whether that's just for this year or you know, let's see the chips fall where they may. I'm focused. I'm I'm ready to get back to it. Um I didn't get traded, but you know, as you said, there could be big money out there on the table. And the best way to go get that big bag of money is to go out there and ball out. And, you know, David and I have, have had some, I would say, strong opinions about this entire situation. The fact that, you know, he can't sit there and demand a trade and then they turn around and they put the captain patch on his chest again. Maybe things change. You know, there, there's a lot of time between now and the end of July when training camp begins. There's a lot of time between now and the end of the of the football season. So we could see Devin White get locked up 
as a Buccaneer for the next five, six seasons. Uh, but I think a, a lot of fences need to be mended probably on both sides before they get to that point. Right now, though, it looks as though that Devin White is ready and and raring to go for the season. Whether he shows up to the uh, voluntary workouts, I sincerely doubt it, but stranger things have happened. Correct. Uh, it, you know, the, and the mandatory workouts next month will be the biggie, but I, I do right. like what you said, and I do agree. I mean, if he does carry this through – you know, if he doesn't go to the voluntary workout, shows up for mandatory minicamp and shows up day one of training camp, uh, you wonder, you know, if that C is going to be labeled on his chest. Now, having said that, it's fun to talk about that now while the disagreements are going on. But if he shows up day one of training camp, fights through the entire training camp with his team, I think nobody's going to really care about this stuff. In the end, they're players. They understand the business side of it. And if he shows up day one of camp and he shows up the mandatory minicamp, it honestly is no harm, no foul. It just creates the question of whether this is truly Devin White's last year in Tampa. But I, I've really never heard anything bad about Devin White being a, a bad teammate. Like, I've never heard any of that stuff. So if he's in, I assume he's all in and he's still as long as they respect him in that locker room still, which I don't know why that would change if they voted him captain previously, then um, I would imagine he would still have the C on his chest. But if he's not, if he doesn't have the C on his chest, uh, that would that'd be quite the story in my book. If he shows up to everything as the mandatory stuff and still doesn't get it, that would be very interesting to me. Well, we just have to hurry up and wait before we find out the answers to that. Now, no. David and I kind of mentioned on yesterday's show that the national media really, really don't like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is coming up next on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you that you never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you don't like the therapist that you are matched with, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, no questions asked. Find more bounce with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Every day, be sure to check out what David has to say about some recent remarks from Buccaneers GM Jason Light on tomorrow's episode. But speaking of David, he and I talked about Dan Hansis' post-draft power rankings where he had the Bucks slide from 24 to 29, essentially because he didn't like the fact that they're sticking with Baker Mayfield. Then on Monday, Peter King dropped his early power rankings where he had the Bucks 31st. Yes, 31 
out of 32, ahead of only the Arizona Cardinals. His highest-ranking NFC South team was Atlanta because, okay, and he had them ranked 22nd. And, and Evan, I don't get it. David called it the reverse Brady effect, where all of a sudden national media seems to think that this team is complete trash, has no talent, and are going to be gutter-dwelling scum. And it, it can't simply gutter dwelling scum. It can't simply be the fact that Brady left, right? I mean, or can it? Like, does that give does Brady's departure, Brady's retirement now give the the national pundits the excuse to go back to just flat out ignoring Tampa Bay? Well, this is this is very nuanced, um, and we can probably do a whole thirty minutes on this. But let's just break down what the conventional wisdom is out there for those who don't follow Tampa Bay on a day to day basis, like we do here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. So, um, if you're listening to this podcast every day, you probably understand the team a lot more than even the national pundits who have the better connections than all of us but they're not locked into day-to-day operations. So let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time, and probably single-handedly won three or four games for the Buccaneers last year on a team that was eight and nine uh, and, and underperformed to a huge degree. So when you say you remove Brady, um, and you, you can ask yourself, wow, if the team that we saw last year didn't have Brady, it's probably a four-win, five-win team, right? It would make sense then to make them 31st because you're removing Brady, saying, what big additions did they make? Oh, not many. Okay, well, they're going to suck. So I get that. I get that national narrative. But let's now talk about um, maybe a little Ewing theory, right? Let's remove the best player from the team. If you don't know Ewing theory, it's coined by Bill Simmons. You remove the best player and your team gets better. So now let's talk about removing Tom Brady. Well, the world revolved around Tom Brady here in Tampa. Um, There was a lot of capitulation. There were a lot of things that the offense, first off, you had Byron Lefwich, who was living in 1980 with his offense. Once he lost all the skilled players and the people that revved up that puppy for the past couple of years, he didn't know how to really beat other defensive coordinators. He he wasn't there. There's a reason why Byron Lefwich is currently unemployed, why he couldn't actually get a job at the collegiate level that he was seeking. There's some question marks around him. And I think Byron Lefwich, some time off is going to do him good. I still believe in Byron Lefwich long-term, but this was a necessary part of his trajectory as a head coach or the trajectory as an assistant coach, despite what former head coach Bruce Arians has to say about one of his disciples. So you remove him, you bring in a young spry go-getter in Dave Canales, who is going to completely simplify this offense and, and allow the engines that have helped build up this franchise go to work. Baker Mayfield doesn't have to be Tom Brady. He doesn't have to be spectacular. Geno Smith doesn't have to be spectacular for Seattle, right? That's, you know, that's the natural connection we're going to make all the time. It's even though he was great, you know, Geno wasn't perfect, but the offense allowed him to move the ball because it was a balanced attack and it was committed to the run. So we are going to see a, a team that is much better suited to fulfilling the needs on the ground, especially moving Tristan to the left side and reshuffling 
a bunch up front, which, as I mentioned, they are extremely deep on the offensive line, which is going to create competition, which is going to bring the best, the cream are going to rise to the crop, uh, rise to the top. You know, you had, you had Jensen back fully healthy. Um, there's a lot of positives to take away. So my thing is, now that the shackles of Brady are not there, and I don't want to make that as like a negative connotation. It's just the natural. You won a Super Bowl with him. You had the best season ever in Tampa Bay with him. It just it ran its course in its final year due to some regression from Brady, due to some regression from the coaching staff, due to some regression from other players, due to some injuries. There are a lot of things. But now that you've kind of removed that element, I think they are going to be a pretty strong team. That's not to say that they're going to be a, pl- a surefire playoff team, but they play in a crap division, so it's possible. Uh, I think they're going to be a tough out. Whether they win a lot of those close games that you have to win to be a playoff team, that remains to be seen when you have a young OC and you have Baker Mayfield. you got a lot of question marks, but there are a lot of players on that field who have been in big-time moments, including the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So um, on when you look at the starting – 11 for both sides, it's hard to argue that that is the second worst roster on the team. It just is. Like, I, you cannot tell me that the 11 that you're presenting in front of me on both sides, that they are the second worst team. So that is just right. From that argument, do not believe it. Now, I will say this the Bucs have very little depth. So, they are not going to go an entire season fully healthy. All right. That's just not going to happen. So I can see us being in a position, right, where we're here in the beginning of October and they're like three and one. And we're like, we told you this is a good team. Y'all stupid national people, yada, yada, yada. And then injury happens, injury happens. And then we're in the end of November and we're like, well, what if they were healthy? What it could have been? They were good, I tell you. So linebacker, right? Let's say Devin White or Levante David get injured. What happens there? I don't know. I mean, if Carlton Davis or um, Jamel Dean get injured, I don't know there. If, uh, you know, Ryan Neal or Antoine Winfield Jr. get injured, I mean, we're in a dicier situation. Uh, if Vita Vea ever goes down, Oh, uh-oh. So Mike Evans goes down or Chris Godwin. So, I mean, we're really outside of the offensive line, which is funny because a lot of people picking, you know, they don't really have, they have like two studs. Then they're pretty deep. No one's like kind of great in that crop, but I, I like them. Um, the offensive line is very deep. So I'm like confident in them, but every other position, I mean, they need to replenish the depth big time so with a limited cap situation it's all or nothing with this team in in terms of their health so you just you gotta hope that those background pieces uh they come together and they pull you over the hump and from that standpoint if we talk about the too deep and we talk about who would have to replace certain players if they get hurt if we ignore the starting 11s and we just talk about backups from every other team, I would argue the Bucks are definitely on the lower end of things when it comes to depth. So in summation, I get the national narrative where it comes from. Yes, it's 
wildly inaccurate of where this team is. I think most people understand that message. Yes, there still are concerns. Yes, there still are question marks with the newer philosophy and newer things that are coming in. But um, assuming this team is fully healthy, I think they're going to be in the mix for an NFC South title again, which is not saying much coming off the fact that they just won one at eight and nine, but I think they'd be in the mix. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think you could probably point to a lot of teams where, you know, if this player goes down, if this player goes down, you know, if you take a look at the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, if Joe Burrow goes down, well, quarterback, I take quarterbacks a different thing. All right. Even take quarterback off. Um, you know, Joe Mixon goes down. That's going to be tough. You, you saw what happened when they lost their starters on the offensive line. Like, they didn't have the depth there, and it cost them in the playoffs. If if Jamar Chase goes down, yeah, you, you still have, you know, um, T. Higgins. But, but, but they still, like, right, Jamar Chase went down for four weeks. They look just fine to me. I mean, maybe they're not going to win every game in that stretch, but, like, they still were able to get over the hump. There's like, there are certain teams that can, you know, it all depends on when this is lining up. And it's like, right. I don't think, you know, it's like, okay, if Mike Evans goes down, um, can, can the Buccaneers live by force feeding Chris Godwin and Russell Gage? And that's going to be, I mean, there are a lot, that's what I don't know about Dave Canales. I, I like what I hear. I, I, I think I know what he's going to do and I'm all in, but there are going to be some learning lessons for him. I mean, he's not going to, like, I have a tough time believing he's going to jump right in that job and have all the answers. It's, you know, he's tasked with a lot. And Todd is going to give him the responsibility to figure it out. And there might be some rookie lumps for him along the way, too. So um, that's the other variable. Well, and and we've said it on this show numerous times. I, I know you and I have said it. Uh, this was this was more than a one year retooling, right? This is this was going to be a two year process, but there, I agree with you wholeheartedly. They're still in the mix as long as they they stay healthy, of course, um, to win the NFC South because nobody's really kind of separating themselves. But Evan, we speculated on last week's WTSP Wednesday how the Bucks were going to fill out their quarterback room, and on Tuesday we got that answer. That's coming up in just a moment here on Locked on Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a WTSP Wednesday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast. And if the Buccaneers, uh, of course, we'll know their schedule coming up tomorrow evening. Uh, if the Buccaneers start off three and one, I expect all of our everydayers to talk all the trash on social media using the hashtag gutter dwelling scum. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers made their quarterback move on Tuesday to bring in the veteran backup to be behind Baker Mayfield and, and Kyle Trask. And that guy was former Los Angeles Ram John Wolford. So somebody that Baker is already familiar with, somebody that Dave Canales is familiar with in facing in the division because Wolford nearly led a come from behind win against the Seattle Seahawks last season. He's got four career starts in the regular season, 
has one playoff start that the Rams won against the Seahawks in 2020. Granted, Jared Goff entered the game later, but Wolford still had the start. Uh, but Evan, this was kind of this was the kind of player that that we talked about the Bucks bringing in to be that that third quarterback in the room, rather than the Matt Ryan's or the Carson Wentz's of the free agent pool. It just so happened that all of the players that you and I specifically mentioned all signed the next day with other teams. So I feel like well, I feel like Walford. I feel like we mentioned him, but I think it was a throwaway at the end. It might have been. I gotta. I gotta Wolford. check. The t- I'm pretty sure I mentioned Wolford. But yeah, I, I remember us talking about like Rapine and oh, Rippin. Uh, yeah, Rippin. Yeah, yeah Rippin. And then somebody that signed with. Did Rippin go to Cincinnati? Uh, uh, then, I didn't. I didn't see where. Yeah, I mean, there again, were like, I was in. I was getting. I was getting my Cabo Wabo on. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like every every quarterback that we named signed the next day. But yeah. what are your thoughts on Wolford being the guy, considering he's he's still pretty young and really isn't all that experienced? No, I mean, th- again, this is exactly what we talked about last week, which, again, is why you got to listen to Locked on Bucks, especially WTSP Wednesdays. No, I mean, this is what a third quarterback is supposed to be. And we said that was going to be a guy who wasn't going to challenge the top two, right? I mean, I've been saying this for weeks, right? Baker, Trask, those are your two guys. Have them battle it out. Let's see what both of them have. So with Baker doesn't work out. You got to see what Trask has so that you have a clear picture entering 2024. Throwing in a third option to compete with them, to me, is frivolous and not worth it. It's just not worth it. Let them have, let them be the two-headed monster in italics. <laughs> I say that. And then provide a third QB who has been around the block. And to me, I, I'm pretty sure I said the line that anybody who has essentially started the game, we mentioned guys like Mason Rudolph, whatever, guys who are not going to challenge for the one or the two job, but someone who has played in an NFL game and has started. And Wilford meets that requirement. He's had spurts of uh, exciting play. And uh, I mean, there's a reason why he only has four career starts. So, I mean, he is what he is. It's helpful to bring in someone who just backed up Baker. You figure there's a similar skill skill set there. Kind of um, probably now the most mobile QB on the roster. And I think that that also helps in a sense when having a scout team guy who you can try to replicate sort of these, um, you know, RPO situations which are very popular now, I would say in the practice squad QB should be somebody who's super fast as a QB. And that would just generally be a scout team QB that you can, you can nurse um, that you can throw into these hybrid roles that are kind of emerging, but um, I'm all for it. Hopefully if you're a Buccaneers fan, you don't see him because if you do, that's a bad sign. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to with third stringers. Um He'll help out the room, and um, he can contribute in that room because he has been on the field and knows what it's like. So, to me, checks all the boxes. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I 
I can't say that I was surprised when I got the notification that that's what was that's what was happening. That's what was going down. And, and you, you know, you're right. It, it meets a lot of the requirements and, and um, you know, a lot of the qualities and and traits that we were discussing last week for who should round out that room. And um, there it is. John Wolford. He is he is your number three quarterback or but number one in your hearts. But number one in your hearts. I don't think he can be number one jersey-wise. Or no, he can't. That's Rashad White now. Uh, all the single digits are officially taken because yeah. Yaya Diaby is wearing zero. And uh, and Servassier Dennis took eight. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, yeah. John Wolford, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he beats out Kyle Trask and he's the number two quarterback. We'll yeah, see. That, if that happens, that's a bad... <laughs> That's not a, that's not uh the college Trask era in Tampa Bay is officially over if that happens. And it shout, never out started. To, shout out to all of our Florida Gator fans. All right, that is going to be a Jacksonville native too, so that helps. Him that is true. He is he is a Florida guy. Yeah. Uh, all right, that is going to do it for this episode of WTSP Wednesday of the Locked On Bucks podcast. We want to thank you again for making your first listen or view every single day. Make sure to come back tomorrow to check out what David has to say about uh, Jason Light's comments, and and who knows, maybe he'll have a reaction to uh, what we said about Devin White. All of that coming up on tomorrow's episode. If you have questions, topics, ideas, thoughts, concerns, or other hashtags that we can use to go along with hashtag gutter dwelling scum, yep. you, of course, can send those to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or send them to the DMs on Twitter at LockedOnBucks. Check out everything that... Evan is doing over on 10 Tampa Bay at 10tampabay.com. Check out my work over at bucksnation.com. And of course, follow everything on Twitter at lockedonbucks, at jarco underscore bucks, and at ekloski WTSP. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day.